this is my Bible. I, I am, am what, what it, it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. Today, I'm ready to receive the incorruptible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Best shout ever. Okay, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we, save the, we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a special message of knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability, the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Uh, we're we're going to conclude today with I Just Want to Be Healed. Uh, I don't know, next week or the week after, uh, I'm really feeling stirred in my heart to do a series called People. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be good, all right. <laughs> people who irritate you, frustrate you, get on your nerves, and why in God's name did he pick people instead of Labrador Retrievers? So it's going to be fun. I'm excited about it. So you pray, and I'm going to just see where God takes me. But right now... I just want to be healed. It's probably been one of the most touchy subjects I've had to minister on because it's so hard. I was driving in today on I-20, uh, and uh, I'd been chatting with my mom, and I said, you know, healing is just so, such a weird thing. I said, I believe God wants people healed, but people still die. I believe God wants us to have long life. People die young. I've prayed for people that have died. I've prayed for people that have lived, and yet I still see the Word of God I still believe in healing. We had a great healing talk. And so this has probably been one of the most difficult subjects when I put the little graphic together. Not like it's a great graphic, but I saw the guy with his hand on his head and I thought, man, other, other than the different face, that feels like me a lot. Of just, I just don't get it, God. I don't, I'm, I've even told God, I'm doing my part. Why won't you do your part? Like I'm praying for people. Why won't you heal them? Because I don't have the magic to do it. And so there's been years of frustration, but I've still landed on this. God is a healer. I'm going to pray my guts out believing he does heal. I'm going to preach healing till he returns, that it's his will. And uh, I've tried to walk that journey out with you over the last uh, at least six weeks talking about this subject. But here's the thought for today, and I hope it inspires you. The whole system is rigged for your healing. And I want to leave that up there because I, I want to get, tell you what I mean by this in a minute. There's this thinking that God does heal, but he only heals certain people. Like he picks and chooses who gets it and who doesn't. And we'll say things like, well, if it be his will, Ryan, God will heal you. And it really becomes frustrating because then you read other scriptures like, well, he's no respecter of persons. And he gives grace to one, he gives grace to another, and... And it's really hard to balance that God picks and chooses who he heals and who he doesn't. But statistically, it does feel that way, like some get it and some don't. And so that does kind of irritate me and bother me. What I'm going to say today, I pray it challenges you. 
I also, what I feel like we need to end on today, I, I want to recognize that we Christians, probably the reason we're so sickly today, I mean, there's probably a lot, but one of the reasons is I feel like we've just abused what this thing called church is. And we're not being the kind of people God wants us to be. And we've, I'm not saying all across the board, but in general, I'm generalizing that a lot of times churches move more toward a production and an entertainment than it really is to what we should be and what we should be doing and how we should do it. And so I do recognize that what I'm going to teach you today, is it may be far-fetched in your head to let it soak in and get it. And you may have heard it before, so I ask you to kind of just scramble that up and maybe I'll give it to you a little more fresh this time. But it's going to challenge everybody because if you came here today, nobody gets out free. And I don't mean I'm going to charge you to leave, like not, not like that. Kind of. But I mean you don't get out free, meaning there's going to be a requirement on God to you. And it's not just up to me and did I have a good sermon or to a preacher who is a healer, but it's up to you of what we want to do with this thing. So here's what I mean by the whole system is rigged. God set the whole thing up, and by the system, I mean the kingdom, the wholeness of it. It's rigged to heal you. When he started out in creation, light, air, plants, animals, sun, moon, and people, all of those things are rigged to bring you health. You ever been sick? Most sick people sit in the dark. I don't want to go, I don't want, I'm not talking about light like sun yet. I'm just talking about light in general. That deep, dark depression that comes when you're sick. That depressed feeling. There's no joy in it. There's no light to it. John 1 says his light is the life of men. When you're sick, you feel as if life has left your body. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to read. I don't want to eat. I don't want to talk to people. And, and, and God set up day one light, day two air. It, this may be really weird. It's just good to get outside. It, look how depressed people have been just being locked up for a year. And God created the, the, the air, the space to go out, to see the, the expanse of the sky where the rainbow is, to go out and enjoy creation. He gave you plants, meaning those plants will create food and those plants bring life. He gave you animals because you eat it and they bring protein to you. And not only animals to eat, but there's just something. I, I, it may be weird here. There's just something about coming home to your dog or your cat and they just love you regardless. Even when you're sick, they just put their little head on your lap and just look at you. Even if it's a fish, you just look at the little fish. It just brings me peace to watch a little fish swim. God designed it that way. God designed it where even the animals would have some kind of interaction to bring you joy and peace. And, and then he gave you the sun to bring vitamin D, to get out in the day. The sun, it's when you work. You get out, you work hard. You get your life moving. The moon, you should go to bed. You should close your eyes. You should rest. You should bring rest. And then, this is the worst one, he gave you people. People are supposed to bring you healing. A lot of them just make you more sick. Like, oh God, I got to work with them. Oh my God, I married them. Oh my God, they ticked me off. Oh, I can't stand them. But all of creation was designed to bring you healing. And yet, I'm not saying it does because we humans abuse the plants and the animals and we abuse the cycle of the sun and the moon. We don't sleep enough. We don't work. We're lazy. We're depressed. We eat poorly. We're mad at people. We're disgruntled. We're unforgiveness. We have bitterness. We don't even get out of creation before we're sick. And then he gives us the law. It's the whole of the Old Testament. It's it's where if you're debating homosexuality and lesbianism, everybody likes to go to. We can't eat bacon, and you can't eat this, and you can't eat shrimp, you can't eat lobster. The whole reason for that law was because God built in the system of law, food, hygiene, health, personal, social behavior. He's trying to get you healthy. He's trying to tell you, be careful how you live, who you get mad at, what you do, what kind of food you eat, how you bathe yourself. If you're sick, do this, do that. Even the law is pushing you to be healed. 
He's trying to keep a bunch of ignorant people healthy, so he had to give them a bunch of rules to do it. And then along comes Jesus, the system of the kingdom that Jesus does, and Jesus just promises to take away sickness. And then the final one, and this is the one we're going to hold on to today, is the church. And I would say more than anything, this is the one we've abused. We've abused the fact that God has bestowed gifts to us for healing. And rather than really teaching how this works, we end up hiring the people who talk the best and look the best and preach the best and we call them pastor and we put them on a stage and we pay them money to tell us about God, talk to us about God, to make us feel better about ourselves with God so that God's not mad at us or God's proud of us. And then we build buildings and ask you to give us money so we can build bigger buildings. And, and it becomes what we call church. But if we're true, a lot of people who go to church or attend church are just as sick as any people who don't. And we have to ask logically, why? I thought we were to be different. I thought we were like the people of God called by His name and yet we're just as depressed and miserable and frustrated and fearful and sickly and scared and tormented and, and it just makes your brain go, I, man, I, I just don't reconcile what Jesus is telling me with, with what I see. It just this doesn't make sense to me. And so as I'm landing this plane this week, I, I really you know, wanted to just go through all of them and talk about them, but I, I think it's clear enough there that it shows you that I, I believe God does want you well. <laughs> He's trying to get you well. If you're not, I would just start here. It's not His fault. I don't know whose it could be, but I'm at least going to start with it's probably not His fault. Because he's trying to push us all to healing. And there may be something up there that could be why you're sick. You don't sleep good. You're mad at people. You don't eat well. You have poor health hygiene. You, your, your social behavior, you're just you, always people are irritating you. Or nobody's ever told you Jesus wants you well. I mean, there could be a myriad of... You see how complicated sickness and healing is. It's just complicated. What we want, though, is number three. I just want Jesus to fix me. I don't want to deal with all the interpersonal weirdness of myself. I want to live like I live. I want to go to him and get him to feel sorry for me. I want him to snap his fingers and fix it all. I'm not saying he won't. But I'm saying when you snap and he doesn't come, don't blame it on him. There may be something beyond the snap he's trying to get to you to change to, because he does want you well. And that's kind of what I want to get in your brain. Is I don't know how you've been taught, but it's not my belief God wants you sick. It's my belief he's pushing us to healing. So Missy read a passage of scripture that is just mind-boggling of how far off the mark we are. And I, I probably say I have to repent that maybe I've got off the mark, but I, I truly try to lead this house that if I feel like I miss it or I feel like I'm not on, I do, I do genuinely go to God and ask Him to forgive me. And if I need to correct course, tell me and I'll correct. And so part of this time of prayer that may you know, seemingly at first feel awkward was me as the leader of the house correcting course. Because I've always wondered how do we do this in the most practical way. What I'm going to share today. How do we do it most practical? And it never would make sense. And I would stay frustrated and go, well, I believe it, but. And there was always the but in there. So let's jump into what Missy read. And then I'll show you what I'm talking about. Now, dear brothers, Corinthians 12.1. Regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand it. Look at this. Now, this is brilliant. Everybody in this room, short people, pudgy people, godly, semi-godly, all of you have been given a special ability. And if not careful, your special ability threatens the preachers and we need to keep you quiet. 
Because I don't need you to steal the show. I've got a sermon to preach. I don't have time for you. You irritate me because you're people. But one thing I... <laughs> sounded like I'm having a bad day, doesn't it? <laughs> I, I love people. I do. Sometimes. <laughs> right, Carmelo? <laughs> Everybody in the room, even those of you who hardly know any scripture, you've been given a special ability. All of you. And if nobody's ever told you that, then you realized how we have failed. If nobody's ever told you the Holy Spirit has given you a special ability, then we failed as God's leaders to tell you that. And then Paul says this, it's obviously clear to him, you might know you've been giving it, but you just misunderstand it. In other words, you'll abuse it, misuse it, not use it. You just misunderstand it. So because of two things, nobody ever told me I have a special ability, the church becomes sick. Or because we misuse it and understand it, we become sick. Because we're like, dude, I have met some weird people in God's church. Right? Let's don't act like we're not weird people. There's some weirdos that call themselves Christians. But it doesn't mean that we push the baby out with the bathwater here. There are strange, weird people that float in God's realm. And, but, I, but I can't just throw it away because I misunderstand it. Next verse, verse 2. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. This will help you. Stop thinking you're all that. Just because you're gifted means nothing that you're special. It's just different. Grow up and quit thinking that everybody has to think like you, look like you, act like you, worship like you, and or talk like you. Some people don't praise God loud and some people praise God really loud. Some people sit over there with their hands in their pocket. He's a, you know, I raise a hallelujah. And some people are like Judy. Praise a hallelujah. That's, that's what she does. Praise God. I'm glad she does it on key. But it doesn't irritate me because I know we all have different gifts. There's different things that motivate us. There's different things God has put in us. The problem is when a church wants everybody to act the same and do the same things and they just don't we got to give each other grace. And he says, but you need to know this, and this is where you got to be careful. The Spirit is the source of all of it. In other words, I'm trying to push something to my body, so if I'm pushing something over here, don't you get irritated that I didn't push that to you. I'm the one working the thing here. And this is where I begin to go, oh, man, he's the source. I've got to get his mind on how do we do this. And there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. I love it. God works in different ways. But it's the same Spirit that's working in how many of us? All of us. Now, where I think we've blown it is, church basically says God works through Mark and maybe a few others and does the work for some of us. Or Mark needs to take care of all of us. Or if Mark didn't call me because I'm sick or text me or if the preacher didn't or, or and we, we, we become real preacher heavy. We become real um, ego heavy. We become real famous guy heavy. We follow the, nothing wrong with that if you want to follow famous people. I'm good with it. There's some really great preachers out there. But what I read is, is that God gives everybody in the room a gift in a special way to work in a different way so all of us can experience the life of God. Now this is where it's going to begin to demand something out of you because all of you have been given something. I'm going to tell you what they are and then you get to pick. The next verse. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can what? So therefore, if, if selfishness gets involved 
Or if you say, I'm just scared, I don't know. The moment you go, I'm scared, I don't want God to use me because what if, then you're stopping to help people. And you're becoming a hindrance to the health. So if any of us, me included, sit out there and go, well, I feel like I've been gifted, but I feel stupid, and I don't know enough scripture, and I don't know, what if they ask me about T-Rex, and where did Adam get his, Cain get his wife? No, I can't answer all that. And you shut down because of fear, then somebody is not going to get helped because you shut up. So now you see that if the devil can keep you intimidated, if he can keep you fearful and anxious about blowing it and that you don't really know how to do this, then he can hinder the body from being helped. There is a beautiful thing about getting older because the older you get, you don't really care. You have to hit about age 72. And at 72, you don't care. Even young people give old people grace. They're like, dude, that lady gets on my nerves. I don't really care. Because the older you get, you're like, man, my time is short. I'm going out firing all guns here. Come on, old people, right? (laughs) Uh, You ever want to watch it play out? Come on Monday and Thursday and hang out with Miss Ann Hackney while she's giving food out. They will get out of the car and Miss Ann comes out like Clint Eastwood. Guns are blazing. (laughs) You sick? You're going to get well. You know? And I'm like, oh, I just love her so much. There's not one bit of intimidation in her. If you don't like the God she's offering, she doesn't care. But she had to get old to get there. (laughs) And I watch her and I'm like, oh, I want that kind of passion. Right? But But watch now. If Miss Ann is the only one bold enough, then other people are going to miss it. Because she can't touch everybody. And there's people at Kroger and there's people at your work who God's trying to help them, but you're not doing anything. You're scared. You're untrained. You misunderstand it. You've abused it. Next verse. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. Watch. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Meaning, God looked at Shiloh and said, This is the best gift for you, boy. Enjoy it and use it. If you don't, you're going to hinder my body. If you misuse it or abuse it, you will hinder my body. But I'm giving it to you because I trust I want you, Shiloh, to help people. Now, because he's a people, and he has emotions, and he has insecurities, and he has it, we all have those. The thing that we typically do is, I'm not good enough, I'm not spiritual enough, what if I blow it? Or, why didn't God give me that gift? I don't like the gift I got. I wanted miracles. (laughs) Benny Hinn can wave his coat, people get healed. I wave my coat, nothing happens. We get ticked at God because God didn't give me the gift I really wanted. I want the gift that can get the crowds to come and get the offerings in. And and it's weird, right? I mean, it's just weird. But here's where we land. You've been given a gift. The Spirit is the source of the gift. The gift was given because He wanted to give it. Everybody in the room gets one. You are required to use it. You are required to understand it. And you are required to help other people because of your gift. Meaning if you just come and sit, somebody's losing. Now this has bothered me because I thought the the model of church today doesn't help this. Because the model of church today is come in the door, listen to people sing, sing and hope they picked your right songs. And they inspired you with the songs they sang and then sit and listen to a guy or a girl talk and inspire you to be a better you and then give money to feel better about yourself and then please serve and give and grow and grow, give, go, do all that stuff, all the three, four, five words we've got. Buy our t-shirts, get the bumper sticker, make sure you hashtag our new series and do all that and we're sick. So that's bothered me because that was kind of how I was doing it. It's all I knew. I, I would even say, I even asked somebody one time, I said, tell me how the gifts work in a church because the bigger you grow, 
The only way I know is somebody stands up, and somebody over here, thus saith the Lord, and then we all clout and go, well, that was God. Or we bring a, a, a guy, to a girl to lay hands and heal people, and, and he said, well, the bigger the church grows, you can't. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, you got 5,000 people. Everybody can't stand up and give a tongue, and you'd be there for hours, and I get hungry about noon. <laughs> God, you got to go another plan. <laughs> and so, you know, years of just going, I'm spirit-filled, but I understand it how. And that's where I landed on God telling me several months ago, why don't you just give me space and watch what I do? And in that moment, I got a revelation of an answer where I had prayed on how to be a spirit-filled church where God could use you and not just me or Robin or whoever's preaching. He could use you. And I did it with a little trepidation of, well, I've never done this before, but I guess I'll try it because I know we can mess it up. And we get weird. But I felt like the Lord said, just trust me and let me work. And so I did, and I'll tell you what's funny. I have heard more people come to me and say, the prayer time that we do has become one of the most special times for me because someone came up to me and prayed for me who knew nothing and gave me a word. I mean, it's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. People aren't going out the door going, oh, that was a good sermon. People are going out the door going, man, somebody I didn't even know, a random stranger prayed for me but read my mail and just, oh, I left so encouraged. Right? I mean, I don't know if you've been experiencing that, but I'm getting texts every week about people who prayed for another person, met another person, a stranger prayed for me, a friend, a husband, a, someone who said, my husband's been praying over, the fam- over our family on Sundays and now we're praying as a family during the week. So here's what I want to, A, I can't repent of it because I didn't know, but here's what I'd like to say. This time of prayer is not just some random, um, let's be spiritual. It's your shepherd, earthly shepherd, trying to make room for God to be able to use your gifts to help other people. To where I can just stand out of the way and go, okay, God, have at it. Whatever you need to do, do. I'm good. I'm I'm okay with that. And I'm trying, if you'll give me grace, I'm trying to work that out, how this really works, but I genuinely believe this is how it works. Is we just give God room to use you. Now let's talk about them because here's the gifts. All right? Now, Now here's the deal. There's nine of them, and I almost am 100% certain you're going to be one of the nine. So one of these nine is you. Now, without spending hours, because it could be like a whole summer series here, um, Jesus operated in every one of them. And he, because he's the head of the church, he doesn't give you all nine, but he'll give you one. Now, the reason he doesn't give you all nine is because he wants you desperate to gather with the body who possess the other eight. That's why if you stay home when we gather, we might be missing one. Now, if you stay home and it's just about me preaching, you didn't miss doodly squat. You can catch me on Tuesday when we post to YouTube and go, good sermon. But if it's more about you and less about me and you don't show up because you had a bad Saturday and you're tired because you're raising children, then somebody comes in the room and God's like, I'm ready to bless them. Oh, but only six gifts showed up. And then we blame it on God because he didn't come. And God's like, no, I did my part. I gifted them. But they didn't show. And so that day the gift didn't come in the door and so the gift couldn't work because we've had 2,000 years of telling you to shut up, sit there and listen to me and go home. So there's no expectation on Ned Fowler until you walk in the door 
and somebody says, Mary Grace, you've been given a gift by the Holy Ghost and it's to be used to help other people. So please show up. Not because it makes it more fun to preach to people, which it does. Empty chairs wasn't fun, COVID-19. Or to come because we need money, because I believe God will always make a way when we need it, but to come because you're gifted and God needs you. The first one is a word of wisdom. A word of wisdom is supernatural kingdom insight for guiding in making decisions. A word of wisdom. It's the ability supernaturally. It's not just because you read books. It's not just because you got a lot of years under your belt. It's supernatural kingdom insight to make decisions. We've got a decision to make. And we need to make a decision. Jesus has to make a decision on what disciples to choose. I have to make a decision on what city to go to. And the Holy Spirit gives him supernatural insight. You follow me. He could have done that to thousands of people, but he picked 12 because he had supernatural kingdom insight. There are some of you in this room who have the ability to bring supernatural wisdom to people who are stuck and can't make decisions. They're, they're, they're hitting a wall. I don't know if I need to have a baby now. I don't know if we need to buy a house now. I'm so confused. I don't understand. Well, God gives certain people in the body supernatural insight to guide you when it comes time to make decisions. It's just weird how they can give you the wisdom that you need to give you the mind of Christ in the situation. I don't know if some of you are sitting here right now going, I've got a myriad of decisions and I'm so frustrated. There's some of you in the room that God gifts you to just have kingdom insight when it comes time to make a decision. Now, if you believe that's you, I just need you to stand up. If you think, I'm pretty good at this. I get supernatural insight to help people make decisions that are hard. Stand up if that's you. All right, one. Anybody else? Two, three. Come on, we got three of us. Come on, you love a good God. So the, we're up four. I thought say so. The weird thing is all the wisdom people are over here, right? So all us dummies that need help, go sit on that side of the church. You can be seated. My, my only thing was just to say if this is true and we're bold, I believe we'll, we'll hit all of them. All right? Now, I'll explain them in depth. These are going to be very super level, superficial in a description. The second one is this, a word of knowledge. It's unknown facts that are downloaded to you by revelation. An unknown fact. Woman, you have five husbands, and the man you're with now ain't even your husband. That is a word of knowledge. You had no facts, but God downloaded a fact to you. And now you had a downloaded fact. I lost a Bible one time, and it had been gone for three weeks, and it was my favorite Bible. And I was just like, God, I know you know where it's at. Would you please just tell me? And I heard a voice, a word of knowledge come into my heart and said, it's in this room behind that chair. And I was like, and I walked in that room and behind that chair laid my Bible. A supernatural word of knowledge. A hidden fact. The weird thing is this blows people away because I would rather watch CNN, MSN, and Fox to find out natural facts but don't believe that the Holy Spirit could download unknown facts. When my daughter was bulimic and, and causing herself to throw up, I'm just sitting there and God just downloaded, go outside and look here. And God gave me supernatural insight and I looked through the window as the time she was putting her finger in her mouth to throw up because God downloaded unknown facts to help me be a father. Now there are certain people that in the weirdest of ways, this almost sounds so weird because these kind of people... Uh, the first words of wisdom are the people that love to go to horoscopes. Oh, I just, we believe in a horoscope but not a word of wisdom. I just want to see what Pisces is going to say about my life today. You see, because the world has hijacked everything God wants. 
God says, I'm trying to give y'all a word of wisdom, but, but I do. And then when I do, y'all call it a horoscope and turn it into the things of the devil. And then I try to download a word of knowledge to you and you call them like a little, you know, a little witch, a seance. You go to read a crystal ball, just read my palm, tell me what's going to happen. Tell me how long I'm going to live. They say I've got a long line, I'm going to live long. A word of wisdom that comes from God and a word of knowledge that comes from God and the world hijacks it. Get some little pudgy woman in a witch hat going, I'll tell you about your future. I'm like, what the garb is going on here? Because the church has been shut down. Now, an unknown fact made known by spirit revelation. If you've ever had this gift work in your life, stand up. Is this not awesome? You may be seated. Thank you so much. And I would love just to ask, like I don't have time, but just there's just something weird. I was preaching one time, the middle of the sermon, the Lord just spoke to me and said, do not end today. There's somebody that's threatening to take their life. They're going to commit suicide. I want to bring them peace. And I stopped the sermon and said, somebody here is thinking about suicide. And they raised their hand just sobbing. Well, what was that? It was an unknown fact made known. The third one is faith. I'm not talking about you read the Bible, you pray. It is a gift of faith. A gift of faith is a supernatural source of belief, trust, and peace. The best way I can define it, you can't even doubt. It is impossible for you to doubt. Things hit you in the face and you're like, oh yeah? It is a, it is a source of supernatural trust of I don't really want to go this way, but I trust you and I trust your will and nevertheless not my will but yours because I know you have me. My dad has that gift. I'm sure my children would say anytime they feel dispeaceful, they call pops because there's something about pops when he opens his mouth, you just feel as if Jesus came in the room and you just have peace. He possesses a gift of faith. There's been many days I've ran in his office and said, Dad, I, I don't know what we're going to do financially here. I, I just don't know if we're going to make it. And he would go, we're going to make it? Why wouldn't we not make it? You don't understand, Dad. We have, I, I'm just like, oh, got a lot of... And he's just sitting there with his little bald head like, I just don't see that. I'm not worried at all. <laughs> Dad, you got to be worried. I even made a joke. I, I just said, I feel like you're constantly smoking weed. You're so peaceful. <laughs> and he doesn't smoke weed. And he's just even kill. I mean, he's just as smooth as butter. And I'm like, why don't just once you fall apart? His exact words of, I don't know. I just can't fall apart. I just know God's got it. That's a gift of faith. Here's the deal. <laughs> I ain't got that one. <laughs> Don't you come to me. Pastor Mark, I'm falling apart. Don't come to me. Let's go see Dad. <laughs> I'll fall apart with you, man. Uh, you ever read my book? It's a book about falling apart. <laughs> if you got a gift of faith, stand up. You cannot not doubt. Stand up. Come on, give him a hand, right? You may be seated. Wait, wait, stand back up. I need to know who y'all are just to get. I know I gotta look at you. I just gotta make Ned. I might be calling now. Ned taught me off the wall, Ned. <laughs> oh, I love those people. They I'll just say this about those people. Don't they just bring you peace? It's like you just need to, I just need to hear your voice. I sometimes call my dad, hey dad, hey. That's all I needed. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> A fate. The next one gifts of healings. I'm going to release these today because at the end of the church we're going to pray for people and we're going to turn these people loose. It's a supernatural working of healing in various ways. Meaning they just pray for you and God heals people through them. Just heals them supernaturally. It's the most amazing thing. It's been the gift that I've probably been the most jealous I wish I had. I just wish I could just touch somebody with my hand and God would heal them. Now, I know he can. I'm not saying I don't. I still pray for people. But these people are gifted. And they know it. They know when they touch people, healing is going to come. 
And there's not a doubt in their mind. They just, they just walk around with healing in them. If that's you, stand up. If you know that's you, a gift of healing. Amen. Come on, give them a hand. <laughs> the next one, working of miracles. On a scale of 1 to 10, this is probably about zero for me. But, but when I, if I define it as a miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead, it's why I'm at a zero. But if I define it as power beyond a natural display, my life is a walking miracle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because time and time and time and time again... God above blows my natural mind away by doing things on a level that could only be God. And there's no way it could not be God. And yet, I think we've blown this because we say a miracle. I want a leg to come out. I want an arm to grow. I want eyeballs to see. When we don't understand the working of miracles, if you look at the Greek, again, I don't have time to go there, but if you look at the Greek, it's just miracle is a dunamis. It, it is the spirit of God's power exuding out of you to do something that's not natural so that people go, only God. Only God. Now, if you have that testimony of a moment in your life to go, only God, stand up and let me see it. Come on, hallelujah. Only God. <laughs> Only God. Only God is the working of miracles. Now you can be seated. God gives these people that gift to walk into a room and with boldness say, it looked like you're down and out, honey, but the power of God is about to come in the room and you're going to have a testimony that only God. Amen. This building we're in, only God. Chris Redmond and I had countless times to go, I don't know how we're going to do it, only God. So sometimes the miracle isn't that the eyeball came back and the deaf ear opened. It's the moment where God intervened and people say, well, that's only God. But he gifts you for that. The next one, prophecy. Gosh, we've blown this one. Lord told me you're going to be my wife. <laughs> oh, these people irritate me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've just had so many people just abuse this. The Lord told me you're a Jezebel. The Lord told me you're going to literally if I could just write a wall of people who said the Lord told me, the Lord told me. But it is the revelation of the mind of God concerning the future. Peter, you're going to deny me. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you will. It's a woman walking up to me saying, Pastor Martin, this was years ago. She said, this is going to sound really weird, but I was praying for you. I saw a rhinoceros in the middle of your 10 acres. This was at my other church. She said, and he went to the bathroom and just pooped all in the yard. And she said, I don't know what that means, but I, I just saw that this is going to be a problem. Well, I'm thinking, well, a rhino pooping in my 10 acres is a problem. Because they either got out of the zoo. And I was just like, she's so dumb. My God, a rhino pooping in my yard. Until my life fell apart and I heard that word. I don't know what this means, but I saw a rhinoceros. Because when my life fell apart, I felt like I was ran over by that rhinoceros. And gored to death. And left to die. And so sometimes God does reveal the mind of the future because He so loves you. And He so wants to help you. And He so wants to inspire you that He does download to people the future for you. Uh, the world calls them fortune tellers. God calls them my children who I've just given insight for the future. They see future things. Um, I, you know, this is a weird one. Because I would often tell people, I'm not a prophet. I'm just not that. I, I would always say, I'm just not this. But I would know that the things God would show me would happen. And I, I never tell people because it's just weird. You, you just feel weird. But I would even tell people, I, I just know what's coming. I see. I, I, I get it. I, I don't even know why. 
And it's not so I can write a book on you know, 2022, this is going to happen. But God does download his mind to me at times about the future. So if that's you, if you feel like God has given you insight about things to come and things that are in tomorrow and you just know, and there's no way you would know other than we could test it, but you've tested it and it's come true. Stand up if that's you. All right, praise God. Give them all a hand. <laughs> And, and to some of us, it just feels weird because it's like, I don't understand. I see things. I, and we're all like, yeah, man, you just you know, don't say that. Right? Like we just even make you feel weird about it, but God's trying to help. And so the next one is this, uh, discerning of spirits. Uh, my wife's got it. I didn't get this one. Because she says, you just love everybody. And I'm like, well, yeah, duh. Like you would even love serial killers. Sure I would, because I wouldn't even, I would think the knife was for going out to eat. <laughs> Discerning of spirits is that clarity that when somebody walks in the room, you just know. I'm telling you they're not good. I'm telling you stay away from them. I don't know what's going on, but something is going on. You need to watch out for her. You better be careful with him. Now, we call those people skeptics or wives. Because <laughs> every man is like, I don't doubt that. <laughs> and every woman's going, yep, yep. <laughs> but God gives it to us because he even says that sometimes wolves will come into the flock dressed as a sheep and they come to destroy you they'll come as best friends they'll come as boyfriends, girlfriends and lovers but inwardly they're ravenous people and they will destroy you but when you're in a body that you have people who can discern it, they will tell you watch out for that person well now I know that's the way I used to do it with Robin oh now honey come on and then nine months later, she's like, <laughs> right? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm so sorry. Now I'm just honest, like I, I'm clueless. I just love you. But if you see me running from you, somebody probably told me to watch out. <laughs> Every time I hug Mark, he runs. <laughs> Discerning of spirits, why would God do that? Because he knows that not everybody who tries to infiltrate the church is coming to help you. They're coming to hurt you because the devil hates the kingdom of God. The next two, two more. Tongues, the supernatural ability to speak in an unknown language. Oh, I didn't, did I do discerning? Go back, stand up if you're a discerning of spirit person. You just know that you know that you know. Praise God, praise God. Give them all a hand, I love it. So feel free to help a brother. <laughs> That's why I got Chris Red. I'm like, Chris, what you think, man? <laughs> All right, the next one. Tongues, supernatural ability to speak in an unknown language. I would say many of God's people are probably more open to this one, you know, that because there is the prayer language, like we have a prayer language. But this is different. This is you're literally speaking unknown languages. You're literally speaking or God's used you before in this way. So if this has happened to you, and it has to me, if it's happened to you, stand up and let me see you. If you've seen this gift in you. All right, several. Praise God. Good, good, good. And then the final one is the interpretation of tongues. God has used you before when somebody has spoken in a foreign language that you don't know, but as they were speaking, you knew what they were saying. And you didn't even know how. You're like, I just, if that's been you before, stand up and let me see who you are. All right, praise God. So several, three, praise God. Give him a hand. Now, the point of the whole day was to tell you that this is how God heals his body. Because all nine were represented here. You may be sitting there and going, I didn't feel like I was any of them. It's okay, keep serving God. He'll show you what you are. Keep researching, keep praying, ask people. 
They'll help you. There's gift tests. I mean, we can, we can go there, but not for today. For today, it was to show you that one man and one woman in a pulpit preaching a 40-minute message was not the entire scope of God. It was to gather together the gifts so the gifts could work and bring healing to each other. And that's what I'm attempting to do with the prayer time. I'm attempting to give words of wisdom, words of knowledge, words of prophecy, healings and miracles and gifts of healings, the opportunity to work among our body and to bring healing to our body uh, vis-a-vis the, just the pulpit, but because of you. And I want to inspire you that get out of bed and come. And I also want to inspire you if you have no clue what your gift is, that's okay. We can help you find it and discover it. There's a lot of great teachers of the word here that can help you find it and can help you learn to walk in it and learn to use it and learn to flow in it so you can not only just hear but even in your workplace be used by God. But I do want to tell you this, everybody in the room has been given that gift. And if the church has not allowed it, then, you know, I'm like, I apologize for the whole church. I think we do our best but I at least want to say from now on, I want to give you a place to use that gift. On Sunday morning, be bold. If you have a gift to pray for healing, go pray for healing for people. If you have a word of wisdom, don't be afraid to say, how can I help you today? If you find somebody stuck and needs encouraging, don't be afraid to step out and just be that gift. Because you never know what they may need, but I guarantee if we'll all just be it, we will be a supernaturally healthy body. Amen? Thank you so much for joining us on the Believer's Church YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Believer's Church, you can visit mybelieverschurch.com. If there is anything that you need prayer for, please email us at amen at mybelieverschurch.com. Be sure to check back next week for a brand new message.